Welcome to the Almost Perfect Podcast, a celebration of fuck-ups, failures, and falling flat on your face. This is a podcast that believes you can learn from experience, but that experience doesn't have to be your own. Ha, I'm Bob Perfect, and I'm a functional fuck-up. Let's learn from somebody else's mistakes. And today we are learning from Yola Plyke. Now, Yola is an actor. She is a radio presenter, although not currently practicing, but she's, she's got that skill set. Uh, she is also now a director. She directed a film for the 48-hour film project called The Sound of Murder, which I wrote. So you, you'll, you'll know about that if you've been listening to the last two bonus episodes of the podcast. So yeah, we chat about the creative processes. We chat about her growing up in the Eastern Cape and in Rome for a bit, which is quite interesting. Uh, we chat about her character on Durban Jen and the differences between her and the character because they are quite far apart. And yeah, we get into quite a lot of interesting stuff. Of course, I need to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by you, which means you can support it by going to patreon.com forward slash almost perfect. With that out of the way, here comes the Almost Perfect Podcast with Yola Plyke. And then, uh, yeah, we made a movie together this weekend, so you must be feeling pretty good about yourself. You were the director and <laughs> actor in it. It was amazing. Start there. You were brilliant. I was a good writer. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was my first um, directing of, 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 of anything, really, um, when it comes to the film space which is what I want to grow into um, acting now, but like gradually growing into directing. So getting to do that for the 48-hour film was mind-blowing. The adrenaline rush is still in my veins. Like I was telling you earlier that I, I want to keep the ball rolling. I want to keep doing more films, directing, and um, yeah. Yeah, no, I've even opened up some old scripts and like started like giving them some edits and being like, yeah, there's this can get made. Mm -hmm. Like things, like it is possible to make things. It's just... Sometimes it just feels so far away, you yeah. know, and that's why like I like this 48 hour film challenge because I put it out on Instagram that like I wanted to join a team and you're like, yo, well, I want to start Listen, a team. <laughs> I'm trying to start a team. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy I got to see that post. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. We got a group of other friends to join us on the project and it was crazy how we put all of that together in such a short space of time yeah and especially since like most of us hadn't worked together before mm. like it was all just a ragtag crew from yeah. like i knew some people that came like in uni, <laughs> a some bunch people. of creatives coming yeah. together and and making magic really <laughs> yeah yeah it was also quite cool that it was like in some way like a bunch of couples together like how it, crazy was that that was so <laughs> crazy like because yeah it was megan and duncan then it was uh leo and lolly mm -hmm. uh you and yolanda yeah. and then me and Paige. and so it was just like and then obviously we had other people other people we had, other people we in had the five team. other people on the team but like <laughs> the majority of it and like i think it actually helped a lot because i think it helped keep tensions down because yeah. we, we all had like someone to quickly go and talk to for a little bit you know sure. and just be like it really helped it really did help like you said because it was the first time for all of us really working together tensions got high <laughs> the pressure was on so having your partner there was 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 a good one although also i don't think tensions got that high no just the pressure of of time running out yes but for a first time team i feel we handled it like champions. Yeah. No. Um, we gave each other space to breathe. The listening was there. 
but sometimes the listener would not always be there. <laughs> but we handle that. Would we work? Would would I work with the team again? A hundred percent. Like tomorrow, oh, yeah, yeah. even on the next project. You know, that's how great it was. Yeah, <laughs> room for growth. Yeah, all of us. But like I was saying, like I just like I was impressed the whole time because I was expecting way more arguments, way more fighting. <laughs> Way more, oh, fuck you, like, you know, because, no. like, I've done, like, lots of things in my time, like, lots of professional things, <laughs> festivals and fucking, like, you know, lots of things. Mm. And anytime there's, like, time pressure and, you know, like, for sure, different egos and different vibes coming together for a thing, yeah. like, that can create, like, real conflict. And I just think, like, there wasn't, like, anything that was, like, dastardly. It was actually just, like... Everything made sense within, you know, like obviously you're going to have like some tension, but I thought sure. we handled things really well as a team. And like, and like you say, we gave each other space to mm -hmm. do the things that we're each good at, which is what like I appreciated with it, you know, was that, and also it gave us all a chance to step up beyond what we've done before. Yeah. And the level of trust I feel was insane. I've never directed with you guys. I've never worked with you guys. But the minute I was there and I was just sharing the vision of of the script and, and how I would see it going for the film was amazing. And just how quick everyone was just like, okay, let's try this. Okay, let's see how the angles are going to work. That was mind-blowing. I also think the necessity helps, though. <laughs> Sorry? The necessity of it helped, though. like sure. Because we only had 48 hours. So it's like, you don't have time to, like argue about things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've worked on sets where I've seen directors lose their minds on people, on the smallest thing, on the color of a shirt, on a little button even. So <laughs> I was really calm, you guys. <laughs> in comparison. I was really calm in comparison to what I've seen. <laughs> and how did you find the challenge of acting and directing at the same time? That was intense for me. I think that that was one of the most challenging parts of the weekend for me, directing and acting, getting to zone into the character. I feel I didn't get that much time for it, but it was sure. okay because I was focused on so many other things, but I pulled it off, you know, which was great because at the end of the day, you need to be confident and you need to trust yourself and you know what it is you want to achieve and the outcome you want to see with it. So just like go with it, you know? That's also what I think happened this weekend for all of us was yeah. we all just trusted ourselves. Yeah. Like, you know, when it, for me, it was like, when it was like to sit down and write, so it was like, well, here we go. This is it. Like, there's no turning back now. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, <laughs> like, and I think it was the same for everyone where it was like, you know, we've bitten off more than we can chew to a little degree. Yeah. But then we found out our mouths were actually bigger than we thought. So. Yeah. It was, it was, it was exhilarating. <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> okay, so that was this weekend. Let's take it all the way back because you are an actor. Mm -hmm. How did you get into acting? I got into acting in high school. Okay, actually. where did you go? I went to I went to Marymount International School, and then I don't know. It's what's the vibe? That's in Rome. I got to. I was fortunate oh, enough wow. to go <laughs> to go study to go start high school in Rome. It's like um, uh, the Lizzie McGuire movie, kind of. No. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the one where she goes to Rome when she sings, but anyway. But yeah, like, there's so many movies where girls go to Rome. But yeah. Anyway, um, I went to Marymount International School. That's where the passion for me was just like, yes, it is valid. You can do this. The support of the teachers in the drama department was insane. But before that, I used to do plays in primary school, Margate Primary. 
where I went. Um, Let's say you're from down the coast. I'm from the South Coast, yeah, but originally from the Eastern Cape, but grew up so in the, the South. South, South, South. The South, South. <laughs> I, I'm from the South. <laughs> I'm from the South. Um, and Sunday school, you know, those Easter plays you would do, the Christmas plays. Oh, yeah, sure. And all of that. So it's always been around me. It's always been something I've been a part of. That's why I had no doubt, like even with following the passion of getting into it with all the voices of the family saying, don't do it, do something else. I was just like, no, I'm set. This is exactly what I want to do. So what was like just from the get go, they were like, nah, you got to get a real degree or. What, yeah, or you need something to fall back on. Um, this is not something that will sustain you. Artists don't make money. There's no money in the arts. How do you plan to have a Which stable future. And I'd be like, let me figure it out. Let me see how it goes. You know, um, this is what I want to do. Also, I'm, I am quite a stubborn person. <laughs> so when you tell me not to do something and I feel like it can happen and it will work, trust and believe that I will do it. Um, I used to get into trouble a lot for that, even growing up. So. <laughs> the journey must have been, there must have been times where you doubted things. Yeah. Especially when I wanted to study the arts and I didn't get that support from my family. That was insane. Was this then, after you were in Rome? Yeah, this is this is after Rome. This is now back in South Africa and after matric because I matriculated here in okay. in Ipapo High. So when I then wanted to do it after matric, I didn't get that support. I had to pause for a bit and figure out what I'm going to do. So I had to get a job. Worst time of my life. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jobs but also, are terrible. <laughs> but also I grew a lot, you know, the, the time that I, I had to work and be independent and, and figure things out. I appreciate that time a lot, even though I was not happy in what that space. What did you do? I worked for Salsi. I, I was a sales rep. Oh, Lord. Salsi. Yeah. So I had to, had to smile every day, even when I don't feel like smiling. Had to meet the target, the monthly target with selling stuff. And oh, it was insane. Like, yeah. And, and, and you know, when you, when you don't know anything. Do you understand? Do you understand? <laughs> I've done retail. <laughs> so that would be frustrating, you know, being in a space that is not even close to aligning to what you are passionate about, but you're doing it. Yeah. I mean, well, you gotta, you gotta put food on the table. You gotta live your life. You gotta save money. You gotta, like, if you want to. Trying to go back to school also. Exactly. So you need to save up so you can make it happen for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So you saved up, you went to school. Went to school. Um, Where'd you go? I went here in Durban, Creative Arts College. Okay, cool. Yeah. I stayed with the cousin while I was here. Great times. But also the, the scariest time, I, I guess I got to figure Durban out. I was always scared of Durban. Still a bit scared of Durban CBD, yeah. but. <laughs> Yeah, even me. I know there's like it's crazy because like I've grown up like cruising this Durban CBD yeah. like as a skater and like just as like someone who grew up on like on Ambila Road like you know like I've always been just on the outskirts of the city. So yeah. I'm like a city cat, but at the same time, yeah, there's like certain spaces where I just uh, uh, like it would be the craziest things. And obviously, I have dreadlocks, so there's always this thing of if you're walking in town, random people or like. People cut dreadlocks off yes, and they I've sell heard of them. That. So that would freak me out. Is that I'm a real like, thing though? I don't know. Okay. I don't <laughs> mean either. Like it's a thing I've heard. Like, I've always heard it around, but I... I, I CBD I, stories. Yeah, CBD stories. So things like that would always freak me out, but I made it, Joe. I made it out alive. <laughs> <laughs> but Durban CBD is quite your fucking unique space. And especially yeah. if you're coming from like a small town. Yeah. 
like me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what was that adjustment like? Although you'd been on Rorium and stuff, so you'd seen that. But like Derman's got I'm, like a I'm, sketchiness to it that I assume Rorium doesn't. I'm grateful to be quite an easily adaptable person. Like in spaces, you can put me anywhere, and I will I will figure myself out. I will seem like I belong there because <laughs> I I just I see I. I feel a lot and within the environment I get to understand and adapt to the culture and how things are happening here and I'm able to maneuver my way around. It's not always the easiest because sometimes you just miss home. Oh, you know, yeah. you miss what you know as normal if there's anything as so normal. What is that like? What is that for you? What is normal? What is home? Or what was normal, I guess, because at those points it's pretty far removed, right? Yeah. At that point it was just... Being positive, really, just like trusting yourself and also just like keeping in contact with the people that were closest to you. I would call my sister like all the time and tell her about my day and how freaked out I was about certain situations. But yeah, so my sister, both my sisters, actually, because one is in the South Coast and one is in Johannesburg. So they were really my pillars and also the cousin I stayed with. Yeah, she was amazing. I got mugged once. <laughs> I mean, of course. I got mugged once, which was like the scariest thing. I won't even tell you how many times I'll be mugged. Which was, Durban. After that, I think it it shifted me a lot also to just like thug it out. Because I thought Mm. I was okay. Like I thought, you know, these people will look at me and think I'm I'm one of them. There's no way they could. Yeah, no, you got to mean mug it the whole time. Like if you're walking in town, you got to. Dude, even when you don't want to. So I thought I had that, but it happened anyway. But um, I laugh about it now, but it was a really sad one. It's a really sad moment. Oh, yeah, shit. No, I got mugged a bunch when I was younger. Like, yeah. so as an adult. And, like, thankfully, yeah, it's it's a crazy situation. Like, real, real life shit, you know? It yeah. really makes you, like, <laughs> understand that. Like, yeah, you're not always safe. Like, you know, <laughs> fuck. Like, oh, it's, yeah, it's fucking horrible. But what was it like, yeah, growing up in the Eastern Cape? Growing up in the Eastern Cape was wild, dog. Like... So from the time I was young, I remember before we got like the water systems, like taps close by, we used to go to the river, legit, like with buckets and everything and used to walk up a hill. I used to enjoy that because I stayed in Mtata at that time. Okay. So it was not a thing that we were doing in Mtata, but like it was a thing you would do in Lusigisigi. So it would always be exciting. Oh, I get that. Um, and then we moved to Margate around 2002. And obviously like all, we spent every Christmas in, in Lusigisigi and, and it's different you know, you come from the, Lusigisigi is basically a village and, and here you are in like a town. a town, like Margate. So growing up in the Eastern Cape, I enjoyed it. Um, playing in the Eastern Cape was fun as a kid. I always used to get hidings though, because we used to slide down the bank with, with, a, oh, with, yes, with cardboard, with cardboard and or with zings or, and then your clothes, <laughs> my clothes, would, my pants would tear all the time. <laughs> my mom used to whip me all the time for that. Would that stop me? Hell no. I would still be there the next day. It's too much fun. I learned how to ride a bike in Lusigisigi. Well, not really. I attempted to learn how to ride a bike. (laughs) And then the chain cut my leg. And then that was basically the last time I went on a bike. But that was was an experience. It was an experience (laughs) I'll never forget also because how the bike rolled down was quite insane. Memories of Lusigisigi will always be fond for me because that's what I know. That's home. I can go anywhere in the world, but... Lusigisigi will always have that place in my heart that I want to go back home because it means so much because it is such a special special place to me for lack of a better word right now. Yeah, it's home. 
It's and home. how often do you go back? I spend every Christmas there because work and lifestyle and just not having enough time to go in the year. But I try to go Easter holidays so that, yeah, so it's twice, two times a year. Okay. <laughs> it's two times a year. Is your family religious at all? My family is super religious. Okay. Um, grew up in an Anglican church going family. Everything is about God. That's, that's what I know. And for yourself? I, I'm a spiritual person. Wouldn't say I'm religious. Sure. I learn from all um, religions, really. The, if it aligns with me, I connect with it, then I will I will live my life following that, you know? Yeah, like I feel like that's what it's basically like, just to live in a postmodern society. Like there's so many influences, there's so many things, there's so yeah. many ideas. And it's also like, you once you start like reading and learning about all these different things, like from across cultures from across time yeah. you start seeing how much things cross over yeah. and like how many ideas are universal and like yeah that becomes I don't know for me it's like yeah like when, like the more you know about it the more you're like yeah that seems pretty legit whereas yeah. like when it's just like one if it's thing, like forced onto you and this is what you must believe and nothing else but this yeah and all the, yeah. the dogma of like traditional certain religions like Christianity especially 100% like, that I mean, for me, yeah, I got over that shit. <laughs> like, and like, I don't consider myself even spiritual, really. Like, but what, what would you say? I don't what, know. I'm a philosophical cat. Like, you know, I just like to think about the world and different ways to live, and I like I believe, engaging with different ideas and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, I don't think there's like another. Like, I think this is all just blind luck. <laughs> like, we're just experiencing this fucking crazy trip, and yeah, that's basically it. It's all just like chaos and the experience that we have is unique and special and cool yeah but like i don't think there's anything like above it so do you believe in a higher power no 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 that's the thing like i appreciate the idea of like the Tao, mm -hmm. you know but like i'm still no don't connect with it rarely like felt yeah and like, that's okay yeah the thing i yeah. appreciate the ideas like i like the metaphors i think that's the thing i think there's a lot of things within spirituality that describe the human experience yeah it's just in a certain way you know like yeah. it's metaphorical it's philosophical it's and that's the thing i think it crosses over with a lot of things that i like like in storytelling and philosophy and things like that yeah. but yeah at the end of the day to me it's like when the lights go out the lights go out you know <laughs> like it's just uh we we are uniquely blessed to have evolved into this being that we are that sees the world in the way it does and conceives of things the way it does and has language and just like it's so for sure, for crazy sure. it's mind-blowing and you know what's crazy i feel the exact same way but i also believe in a higher power sure so no no yeah so <laughs> it's it's all on how you see it and what you believe in and and that's that and people should be allowed to believe in whatever the fuck they want to believe in and that's yeah. my talk like yeah. you know like I, I had been like that dickhead atheist but that was more of a response to being in the church you know yeah. and feeling like i was lied to about like god and stuff yeah. like that and so it's like yeah i went on a rampage for a little bit but through that you know i've come back to just being like you just do you i'll do yeah. me and we'll be cool <laughs> there's nothing better than that I, I think also when you when you get to that point your life is so breezy and easy <laughs> you do you I'll focus on myself and yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just as long as you're not trying to fuck with other people. That's that's my only thing. And you always like, don't fuck with other people and be kind. Yeah, as much as possible. 
Like, I get that some people are going through some shit, so kindness isn't necessarily in their hearts at that point. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's just the thing about growing up. And, yeah, so, the, like, have you always had, like, clashes with your family, I can imagine? Clashes in, in, in what? In like, what philosophical, sense? ideological, like, you know, just because you want to be an artist, you don't necessarily follow things the same way they do. For sure. Um, there would be a bit of clashes here and there because... I don't really do things by the book, you know? <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> so that that would always frustrate, well, still does in a way, frustrate my family. But that's 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 just who I am. And that's just what having a resilient spirit is is about, I guess. Like you you are firm and honest about what you believe in and what you want, and that's that. Well, yes. Does that just come naturally for you? I think I get that from my mom. My, okay. mom, my mom was a bit badass. So I, I, I know for sure that I get that part of myself from her. And you find that sometimes my family would even agree on that. But yeah, definitely she gets that from her mom. <laughs> that part of me. Yeah. So we would, we would definitely get clashes. Um, quite opinionated individual. Um, Once again, I've noticed. <laughs> uh, coming from a closer family you are limited as 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 a young person as a woman also like there's so much you can say sometimes and also yeah, as you were saying as a young person it's also that hierarchy like it's not yeah, just about for sure yeah. for sure so yeah the, I, i've definitely had clashes with my family <laughs> but at the end of the day is it all love i guess like you guys will come back together at christmas and like yeah always always <laughs> I think one thing my my grandmother has instilled in our family is love. No matter what the other person is going through, no matter the disagreement, but the, you guys must always love each other. Fuck your differences. At the end of the day, you are family and family comes first. Uh, I mean, some of the things I don't always agree with, like my grand would say, but hey, it's always in the back of my mind that I know this is what she would want. So Yeah, I don't even know so much if my grand instilled in me, but my mom definitely, like... <laughs> It's just like, you know, you like you do anything for family. Like yeah. as much as like my family, eh, you yeah. know, <laughs> like, you know, this last Christmas, there were definitely some interesting uh, conversations <laughs> like that happened. I mean, they, they often are because it's the only time me and a certain member of the family come together, come together yeah. and we... Uh, Tend to disagree on literally fucking everything. So, look, man, I, 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 I would, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I also have a family member where I'm just like, uh, <laughs> from a distance, <laughs> we're cool. You just don't need to be up in my space. Yeah, but we'll come together when you know someone in the family needs something, and you put your differences aside. Yeah, for sure, yeah. always. But keep your distance. I keep my distance, and we're good. Yeah. And I assume your family started to maybe you know show you a little bit more love after uh, you started on Durban Gen on ETV. <laughs> the hierarchy thing again. Level of respect shifts completely. <laughs> it's like with with black with black families, I've, I've seen this a lot on Twitter, which made me say, huh, it's not just, you know, my family. <laughs> the level of hierarchy, like if someone is, is employed and if someone is not employed, your opinion is not always... You know, I mean that's white families too. <laughs> like, well, at least also oh, it's, it's with it's with every. Well, I know so at it, least it, in the lower class areas, like like growing up for me, like you know, mixed with a lot of different yeah. families, and yeah, I had a friend's family that you know had about like nine people, and and some people were employed and some people weren't, and yeah. 
you know, the ones who weren't employed, like, ate last, like, literally. Yeah, so it's always, it's always that thing. And for me, obviously, in the arts, until you are in a big platform, you're basically not doing shit with your life. Mm -hmm. Until we can see you on TV or hear you on radio every day, mm -hmm. you're basically just, like, a loser, winging life. <laughs> <laughs> But how did you feel before that then, you know, leading up to this? What were you doing before um, Durban Gen? Before Durban Gen, I was doing films, yeah. which I still am. I shot a film, uh, Dreams of Gomorrah 2019. Oh, cool. So I think that was my break into the space, even though it was like during COVID, because we shot Dreams of Gomorrah, it came out and then COVID happened. And then it was just like dead for all of us. So yeah, 2019, I would say it was the year for me the, to step into the space even though i had been trying i did uh radio did okay. radio dut did a couple of radio com community radio stations radio sunny south core fm like a lot of other radio stations um uh, why did you do that were you passionate about radio or did I, was, you see, okay. I mean i am i'm I, i'm i'm it's on pause for now okay. but it's definitely something i Wow, because I, I fucking hate South African radio. Like, I did it for, like, DYR for years, and it's just like, I like DYR because we had some freedom, but, like, yeah. your South African radio can be so just color by numbers a lot of time. And, like, it's still, they're having the same conversations from, like, fucking the last 20 fucking years. That that's, why, that's why we have podcasts now. Exactly. <laughs> so, but, yeah, what is it about radio that you enjoy? Look, man, growing up, radio used to keep us together. Uh, going back to Lusigi Sigi, my grand used to have a stereo by her bedside all the time. Before we sleep, we'd always listen to something. It would always keep us together. We would always laugh about things, listening to radio. Um, they used to have radio dramas that we would come yes. together and listen. So for me, radio was a big part of my childhood. We would also, with, with cousins, we would also act out our own stories, <laughs> you know, for my grand. Because of radio, because of listening to radio drama... So it almost started your acting career in a weird way. In a weird way, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I always used to find um, the Kosa radio broadcasters like so funny now <laughs> that I'm older. And I would listen back how they would talk and how they change them, their, their voices on radio, which mm. I used to find so insane. Because you don't really need to change your voice for radio. You either have it or you don't. But anyway, <laughs> um, radio, man, radio will never die. Also, radio will always oh, yeah. be a I thing that's that. there keeping people together, always giving out information and always being informative wherever you are. I love radio. <laughs> I love radio. So you did that for a few years and then the did acting side of things, you were studying it. So Yeah, so I, I then, I did, I did Dreams of... Gomorrah that, well, was, that was on Showmax. And then, oh, sorry, for, for close close proximity, I did for uh, the KZN Film Commission. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. We shot that here in Durban as well. And are you finding it's a good time to be in Durban for these sorts of things? Yes, especially for, for film. Yeah. Durban is a beautiful space to shoot. We've got rad locations. People are slowly catching on to it, especially um, filmmakers in Johannesburg. They've been doing a lot of work this side. There's also been like a scene building here. Like and more and more people I know, like, because a lot of people I know left and moved to Cape Town and yeah. moved to Joburg to pursue their careers. And now there are many that are actually literally making their careers, making films here yeah. in Durban. Here in Durban. So Durban is really a, a, a beautiful space. However, the, the, the space is growing, is moving quite slow. 
Sure. <laughs> but, that's, um, that's durban come on but i mean the people that are here we are here and we are making it happen for ourselves and we're doing what we can with the resources that we have and we just need to take more um advantage of that and yeah and then the durban gen thing how did you get it so i assume you went for an audition or what was the process like for that so the durban gen thing <laughs> i was last year i think sometime in june i auditioned for it I got I got the script June 16 and I had to send interesting it interesting day to get a script right <laughs> so at least you always remember it as well I remember I got I got the script no sorry I got the script June 15 I only saw the email June 16 cuz I was I was down in the south coast spending time with family and I realized shit they want this in by tonight June 16 so I spent the day with the family it was a family day out and it was with my sisters and 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 the kids and it was great and then i got home on our way home i then realized shit i need to do an audition wow i'm so tired i've literally been playing the whole day <laughs> but both my sisters were there so i asked tia my younger sister to help me with the audition because it's tia she's great <laughs> oh yay we love tia so i asked her girl you need to help me with this audition it needs to be sent before midnight um we worked on it and i sent it through and i got a call back the following week That's not too bad. Yeah, I was I was like, "Woof, okay." So I got thing, the- but now okay, let's let's discuss it. You get the call back. How are you feeling? I get the call back. Oh, first I get the 031 number. So I'm like, "Okay, I am waiting for a job in Durban." So like is this, this a scam or <laughs> That's where my mind was going. I hope this is it. I hope this is not one of those scams. I answer and yes, fortunately it was Durban Gen people and they're like, "Hi, um we liked your video. We would like for you to do another tape. We would like you to speak more." Closer on this t- on this uh, video, and I was like, "Okay, sure, say less." Out, I'm here for it. Did that, sent it through. They called me the next day to tell me that I got the job, and I was like, "What?" That's fucking amazing. Yeah, so um, I got the job, but I was like super chilled. I'm I'm wiling now, but <laughs> over the phone, I was super chilled. I was like, "Oh, okay, well, thank you very much." Hung up, and I lost it. <laughs> lost my shit. I was screaming like a mad chicken. I was manifesting the the gig, I won't lie. I saw Durban Jane the first season. I was like, hmm, happening in Durban. Cool. I was like, I would love to be a part of this. I'd really like to be a part of this show. So, I would say I manifested my 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 role on Durban Jane from yeah, from the <laughs> first season. It's like I want to be a part of that. <laughs> and you made it happen and then your character is a doctor, right? Yes. And I see that you're going through some hard times at the moment or at least you're going through some Oof. tests or what's happening there. Yeah, no. Um so I play the character of Nangam Sojak. Okay. She she started on on the show as a first year intern, but we've fast forwarded to 5 years later now she's a senior doctor. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, so now she's she's going through the difficult times you're talking about. So the storyline currently is that Nangam so Jack is trying to have a baby with her fiance Calvin but that's not happening because she's got pelvic inflammatory disease. Okay. So basically she can't hold a baby to full term. After a couple of weeks it like she has a miscarriage because of a scarring in her womb. So that's what she's going through currently and the shitty part is that the 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 guy she's engaged with One of their main things like when they were still dating was they want to have a family, they want to have kids. Cuz that is a big 
like I like the storyline because it seems to be a thing that addresses real issues. Yeah. Like, because that seems to be a thing that does happen in society. It's 100%. Like, you know, especially in patriarchal society where men are like very determined to pass on their genes. Yes. And 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 for him, that's one of the the main things. I want to leave an heir. I want to, yeah. you know, legacy. Pass and, on the name. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so she is going through that stress of I've always known he wants to have kids. And now we're here five years later. I can't I can't have children with him so that's that's what they're currently going through and they're going through the tests to find out what what other options they have to try having babies it's a really a really tough time yeah for calvin and jack currently and how's the relationship been up until this point has he been pretty cool or like have things been rocky before he's been He's been pretty amazing. I mean, they started off quite sketchy. They okay. started off in a throuple situation. Oh, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, Jack was quite determined on the boy as hers, and and she 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 got her man. Um, <laughs> and the relationship was was quite smooth leading up to 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 now. Then what's it like playing this character who's obviously you know evolving as time goes on? So like. You're embodying two lives, essentially. You're living your life, and then at the same time, like, yeah, what is your approach to acting, I guess? Are you doing the whole, like, method acting thing where you're like, I am this character, or are you playing the character as this is what I would do if I was in that situation? Well, for me, it always depends on what the the the, the scene is about. Okay. Sometimes it's not easy to just play it in... in this is how I would handle it. Sometimes you really need to allow the character to to lead you sometime um, in, in some moments. I think also just like spending time and understanding the character and really caring about what the character feels and also putting yourself in the character's shoes. Like if you had to deal with the situation, that's where it comes in. But also how I deal with emotions and how Nangam Jack deals with emotions is quite different. different. Yeah. So yeah, it 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 depends it depends on 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 the scenes. It depends on the block and what we're we're working on currently. Because sometimes I I enjoy spending time with it, just like going over it, thinking how I would play it, writing it down, and sometimes meditating over it. <laughs> yeah, That's like cool. like with what, like with the with the with the with the scenes that are playing now, I really had to dig deep. Here's this lady who has always wanted to have kids with a guy that she's in love with and she wants to be a mother, you know? Yola does not want to be a mother. Like it's not a it's not a thing that I was gonna ask we've chatted a bit about this. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I, I need to have kids. I I know. But I'm playing a character that would do anything to have children. That's where one of the differences are with my character. Also, just the normal hetero lifestyle. Yola not really is not really my thing, you know, like I'm a free bird. <laughs> I live my life the way I want to live my life, you know. So it's it's all those factors that that come into understanding your character and having to create your own background of the character from what you are given in the character bio. You you kind of have to create your own world with with the information given. And do you find like most scripts are still for straight women typically? Yes. And how, how do you find navigating that system? We grew up watching hetero narrative in everything. It's okay. I have nothing against it. 
I just feel it's time now we tell stories differently. It's time we show love in a different way. It's time we show families in a different narrative than just a mom and a dad. It could be two dads, two moms. One mom. You know, one mom, one dad. One dad. Yeah. And that's one that, grand. <laughs> that's that's absolutely normal. Those those are the stories I feel now we should be telling. Cause here we are growing up watching the narrative of mom and a dad in a home. Most of us didn't even have that in our homes, you know? No, so it was like, like bullshit that they were showing us on TV. But like our homes, that's not our truth. So why don't we tell those stories? I'm fully with you because just like, you know, from a, someone who grew up with a single mom at work, two jobs and that, like whenever you would see like a divorced parent on TV, it would be yeah. so relatable. Like you saw like a kid growing up. And they'd like, always look own. so sick and miserable. But, and, I mean, and, but to be honest. Which was crazy. So did my mom. Because <laughs> that's a hard laugh. <laughs> like being a single parent ain't easy. For sure. But like my thing is, why why, why can, don't we see them in a different light? Of course. Why can't you we know? see the joy? The joy of being a single parent. Yeah, it's it's not easy because I I was a kid once and I know I was freaking insane for yeah. my mom and my it's mom also, was also a single a parent, you know, and 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 seeing where I am and what she had to do and and the, the hard work she had to put in for my future and my education, bro, it's a lot. I'm with you. I literally wouldn't be here without my mom. Right. <laughs> so like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 those stories that I want to tell. I want to tell queer stories. I want to tell different narratives of of families and and yeah, because it is like you know representation matters. Like it is a thing of like, but it's also representation is very important. Like it's a thing that gets repeated, but it's also so that people can yeah see themselves reflected. Like if you grow up with two moms and two dads, which is a thing that happens a lot more these days. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you want media as a kid that reflects that as well. Like, yeah. you don't like the reason why, and also it's important for other kids to see that media because the reason why you might get picked on at school is because the only thing people ever fuck, ever fucking seen on TV is is heteronormative couples. Exactly. So it's like this is what's normal. And it's like no, that's just what the media's like told you is normal. Hundred percent. Is what is normal? Is it normal? Literally, no such thing. It's forever adapting <laughs> according to the times. Like. But yeah, I I, I, I want to tell those stories in, in, in the film space and the TV space. So how do you do that? Getting a group of creatives together, giving the tell, brainstorming a bunch of ideas and yeah, making magic happen. <laughs> That's yeah. how I plan to do it. Like I, So was this we like so weekend, like stories. step one and you're like plans take over the film world? 100%. <laughs> like do you have, are you writing? Do you write at all? Or is that not in your... I don't write... I'd be lying. I don't write like at all. I jot down. So you you take ideas and like yeah, like I write down ideas. I journal, but I I wouldn't say I I'm writing like script writing. No, sure. I was just checking because yeah. I'd like to learn though. I'd like to get into that and just be comfortable with writing. However, I feel I struggle mostly with with the dialogue of the characters. Okay. Yeah, that's that's one thing I wanna get into learning and being comfortable with yeah yeah no like i'm lucky in that i do feel that comes fairly naturally to me which is like i think it just comes from watching like a ton of fucking films (laughs) and it's also like it's funny because the other night i watched um the art of getting by and like i told Paige about it and like she hasn't seen it so i was like ah it's one of my favorite films like 
you know, and just love the characters, love the vibe. And she was like, let me guess, there's a lot of talking in it. And I was like, yep. Because <laughs> that's the thing, like, I've just grown up watching films with, like, great dialogue. Like, yeah. So, yeah, like, I always try and, like, emulate. Because that's the thing, I don't give a fuck about natural dialogue because natural dialogue does not exist. Yeah. So, like, I just try to <laughs> create, like, interesting dialogue and fun stuff and things that move the story forward without being too on the fucking noise. Sometimes, Out. although Out. this weekend stuff had to be a little on the <laughs> nose because you only had seven minutes to tell the story and 48 hours to do it in. That was insane, you guys. Sure. <laughs> We're doing it again next year, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm even thinking about like seeing, like I went and checked the Joburg website to see when they're opening up. No. And like the dates aren't there yet, but I'm definitely going to like try and be up there for the weekend and see if Joburg. we... Yeah, because I've got lots of people up there who create things. And like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who might be... You do have a lot of connects that side. Yeah, at this yeah. point. Like, <laughs> I feel like I've got connects all over the country, but, like, I'm also, yeah, like a 35-year-old guy who's been in the media industry and the fucking scene. Like, I've done so many different things. So it's yeah. just, like... And what's been cool as well, I guess, is seeing people evolve over the years. Like mm. I was saying, like, with the film thing in Durban, it's so cool seeing my friends who, like... You know, I used to do cocaine in the bathroom with at the Winston. <laughs> now, like, actually making something of their yeah. lives, you know? <laughs> like, I know, that's, that's, that's dope. Do you have any people from your creative um, arts classes and that that you just that you work with? Like, are there any people that you see on set now that like, you've got a history with? I've bumped into a few people on, 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 on set that I've worked with in other productions here in Durban. Oh, sure. Because Durban's a small city. Yeah, it's like super small, actually. So I have this friend, Peter. We used to go to Ikopo High together. He's doing amazing on, on social media. He does um, re- video reels, like funny skits on, on, on Instagram. Yeah, I'm super proud of him. Second, how do you feel about the social media game then, I guess? Because like, like you, you're not much of an influencer, really. <laughs> Look, man, I, I'm, I'm struggling with social media. I, I, <laughs> I'm not big on social media. Like I post yeah. when I can. I try to keep up with the socials, but I'm not a crazy active person. I wouldn't say like I'm influencer vibe. When do you have any like philosophies around it? Do you think like you're feeling like, are you leaving anything on the table here when it comes to money or anything like that? So are there any concerns like that? Cause like I imagine being an actor at this time, like yeah. that's, a thing that must be in the back of your mind, like, oh, fuck, I've got to have numbers because they want people to have numbers so that they bring people to the show. 100%. And, and with the whole getting, like, endorsements and, and, and sponsorships from stuff, you need a number of followers for them to even be interested in you. But I'm really trying to not let that pressurize me, like, into being, like, a social butterfly especially <laughs> like on your instagrams and your tiktoks and all of that also i'm i'm the person who loves being in the moment like what's happening in front of me is is enough like i'm taking it in i'm in this space and i'm quite content and if you're lucky enough to see it on my socials hey good for you you're blessed <laughs> for sure but yeah i'm not i'm not crazy on social media i'm, yeah. I'm fairly active and then like with in terms of getting jobs in Durban then what's that process like because obviously you know people aren't necessarily calling you because they yeah. you've got like a hundred thousand um, followers I follow up on 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 the things I'm interested in a lot like with my social media it's mostly pages that I learn from 
I know that, okay, this is probably a production, this is a production company. They would post if they are having casting calls. Okay. That's a smart use of it. Yeah. Like those, those are the type of pages I follow on my, on my social media. Yeah. People I kind of like, but I've met like a few people. I used to admire before I got into the space and then I got to meet them face to face. I'm like, oh, you're actually a shit human. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's also those things that have come to light for me um, with social media and just like how people lose themselves with, with the social media platforms, man. Like, yeah. yeah. But hey, we all use it for, for our own benefits and, and for what's good for. Yeah, it's the thing I've struggled with over the years. And like, especially this year, like I took like a big break from Instagram. Like I thought I was done with it. Yeah. And like, it's funny, like I was just spending time with other comedians and that and realizing like, this is just a fucking tool, man. Like, it's just a marketing tool. Like, it's just a way to like, yeah, let people know about the cool vibes you're doing. Yeah. Like, you know, that's it. And also to connect and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, we've got like free promo, <laughs> like you know, which is like really dope. I mean, that's the thing I know about the shit you do because of Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it does have its benefits. I do just hate the, yeah, the insecurities that like it breeds in you and like just the fucking interfaces and the way like it's made to like be addictive and all of that shit. But and I think also spending time with with people that are or rather what you call influencers and, oh God, and knowing and them so and knowing them away from the platform. It's crazy. It's like you're a completely different person on the platform, but away from the platform, you're actually like... Cool or not cool. <laughs> I don't know which way you're you going know, with like that. Because I guess it depends you, on... You're really person. going through the most, but like you're showing this happy person or oh, yeah. you have this facade, but you're actually a really dope person when you're just being yourself and you're not doing it for... The numbers and the likes and all of that. Yeah, there's a number of people who like I've hated online, and then like you know I'll be in Joburg and like I'll be out with some people, yeah. and then those people know the person. And, yeah, like, we're all out <laughs> together, and I'm like, okay, hey, and then we have tequilas and like we have conversations, and they're like the raddest fucking person. Those people, like, yeah. Why are you not like this on the internet? But then like people say that about me. So like I can't like really complain too much because people like, well, especially back in the day, I just mm. used to be very angry on the internet. Like, and just, really? Yeah. I'm glad I met you when you were less angry. On I'm <laughs> so glad. Like, yeah, I'm happy with like, this is definitely the best version of Bob. So yeah. like, you know. I'm I love that. I like this version of, of Bob. I'm I'm. I'm glad I met this version. <laughs> most most people I've found are, are liking this version a yeah. bit more. How are you feeling though with the, with this new Bob? Oh, I dig it. Like yeah. it's, I feel just way more comfortable and confident. And yeah, I'm not performing as much for other people. I'm not like acting out, and yeah. I'm not like letting my ego drive me as much. Yeah. And just yeah, just also just trying to let other people be people, and like not like. Every slat against me isn't, you know, like, yeah. you know, now I've got to have like a lifelong fucking rival, you know, <laughs> like sure. during COVID, I rarely got over like a lot of that shit. Like, and it was just like, cause it, like, yeah, my friends fucking died. Like I lived with my grand whilst my grandfather died. And like, it was just like all like really heavy shit. And it was just like, I could carry on like fucking getting caught up in dumb shit that just really doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I can just focus on the things that make me happy and, like, try and be a good person and yes. try not to, like, fuck up anyone else's vibe, like, yeah. as best I can. And that's kind of my... <laughs> that's it. That's my Love life that. philosophy at the moment. <laughs> like, just, uh, yeah. yeah. 
try not to let my ego just don't be like, a get in the human. way. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, because I do find, like, you know, I do know that, like, a lot of my 20s was, you know, a response to my fucking teen years and, like, growing up, you know, poor and ostracized and bullied and, like, all of that. So, you know, that takes a little while to get over. <laughs> it does. It does. I think COVID really shone that light for me also and just like spending time with myself and reevaluating and taking a pause before COVID happened I I was in a I was slowly getting into a bit of a funk because I wasn't getting I think I just finished shooting Close Proximity if I'm not mistaken oh, no 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 it was Dreams of Gomorrah and I was like okay this is done I obviously need more work what's gonna happen now and I was I was really getting stressed you know like most other artists were. And then COVID happened. And it was like, boom, the whole world is on standstill. So what now? And that's where the whole reevaluating of self and the journey to self began. And just like focusing on what Yola wants and being true to what Yola wants. And yeah, taking each day as it comes to align to your higher purpose, I guess, whatever that was. And I'm still figuring that out. But I've been enjoying the journey because it's been, it's been, it's been good for me. It's been good for my interactions with other people and my mental health also. Which is so, a crazy thing to say that like, you know, lockdown, the pandemic, like helped to mental health. No, it, like, for, no, 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 like it, I mean, it at really, the time it at that time, at that time, other people were going through it for me. It was helping me to just like, pause and then know that it's okay and that you just need to get through this period not knowing what's going to happen whether you're going to die or not but that was not my focus because I was just like trying to keep it positive <laughs> the whole time you know but um I definitely didn't keep it positive the whole time <laughs> I know I, I I really really tried to keep it positive also my I aunt <laughs> my aunt was in Spain um that time and and she would call and and tell tell us about everything that was happening that side before and they, and was before it came to South Africa. So it was like insane, like shit, this is what's happening in the world. Okay, Lord, what's happening? Is this coming to the country? <laughs> and yeah, it did. Yeah, for me, it, like it helped in a way, like it gave me like a non, like, so I've, I've experienced ego death a few times in my life, mostly because of hallucinogenics. Mm. But like COVID really made me go, you are insignificant and small and tiny and just at the mercy of the waves, you know, like yeah. you're just a tiny little ship floating and like whatever happens, happens. You've got no real control of anything <laughs> like, you know, that too. You That was also a big thing. You have no control of, of, of everything. Yeah. Like anything can happen at any time. Like yeah. even last night when the substation exploded and like the hot wind started and I was just like. Is this like, is this the apocalypse? Like, oh, is this. Who was that? Are we dying? I mean. We were laughing about that at work, actually. <laughs> and they were saying there were aliens. Alien ship landed last that night. That was it. Like, when I saw the photos and everything like that, it very much looked like that. It very much looked like very hectic. Like, oh, I feel sorry for anyone who lived nearby there. And, like, but the crazy do, thing was. Do you know if any people died or any people got affected? I don't know. Like, I mean, I think if anyone was working there, they definitely would have suffered some injuries at least like that was huge i mean you know we're seen fucking from kilometers away like it was huge like it was yeah. yeah i saw i saw a picture but 
Sure. It's like some Dragon Ball Z fucking like powering up shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that's also the hard part, I guess, is like staying puzzy through just living in South Africa at this time. <laughs> but we don't have to get into it. Yeah. I do want to ask you one last question. It was sure. a question we ask all the guests on this podcast. Well, not all of them. Most, all the new ones since I started doing this question, since the <laughs> rebrand, since I was like, I need a hook, you know? Okay. Like, the question is, what is a big mistake that you've learned an important lesson from? Sometimes you really need to listen to your elders. <laughs> oh, Lordy, that is definitely true. Yeah. Um, Although, only sometimes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, sometimes you really need to listen to them. Because um, they've been through it. They've been through it. They know better. And it's not always about holding you back. It's just sometimes wanting to show you things in a different perspective. Um, yeah. <laughs> listen to your elders, kids. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, because I definitely have the issue with, like, you know, older people always thinking they know better. Yeah. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't. No, for sure. I know that. Sometimes they don't. But I'm with you. I always used to take the approach of, like, they don't know shit. But, like, I've always just taken that approach, like, in general. Like, nobody else knows fucking anything. Like, you don't know shit if you're older than me. You don't know shit if you're younger than me. You just don't know shit. Like, that was me as, like, a fucking teen and 20-something. And I've definitely learned now, like, you know, a lot of the smartest people are already dead. So you might as well, like, you know, listen to people who have come before you. Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, I feel also I used to, I wouldn't always listen much. Like, I've noticed that, like, even in my adult life, like, sometimes I would always just be, like, talking, talking, talking and not always listening to what the other person is saying or what, the, like, what everyone else is saying and just, like, you know. <laughs> so listening is is very important. Well, that brings us to the end there. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah, this is the second thing we've created together <laughs> in a week. So in a week, dog. I'm excited to see what more we create as time goes on. I'm, I'm really excited about what the future holds. We are going to create amazing stuff. I have no doubt about that. <laughs> Sweet. So yeah, that was Yola. And uh, yo, I had a great chat there. I had a great time making the sound of murder with her. So, and the whole team it was really such such a cool fucking experience. Unfortunately, I'm going to be missing the screening, which is happening at Sturt Kenny Court Gateway this Saturday. I think around 3:30. I think we're Group C. So if you want to go check it out, uh, just go on the internet and put those words in, and you should be able to find tickets. Uh, but yeah, I'm up in Joburg at the moment. A little surprise trip. Also, I'm going to keep this short because I'm editing on my laptop, which means everything takes much longer. And so you're probably already hearing this quite late. Uh, but yeah, my mom called me the other day. Her dog is very sick and she was thinking that she needed to put the dog down and she wanted my support, you know, you know, like emotional and also to be able to drive her and you know help with that sort of stuff because she didn't feel she would be you know emotionally able to do that and so yeah I, I came up here because like you know mentioned in this podcast family comes first but now the dog's getting better so like I mean it's cool <laughs> it's obviously the best possible vibe and hopefully the dog continues to get better and we can avoid 
it's a you know having a slightly premature death but obviously the thing is it's got a condition with its eyes that like yeah it's very painful apparently and very like the dog's been blind for a while now but that's not a big issue like she still goes outside and lives her life you know she still barks at the moon and yeah has a pretty mom <laughs> spoils her animals so has a good laugh but yeah it was in quite a bit of pain looked like things weren't going to work out and that the best choice would be to put, put um zoe down but zoe seems to be getting better and so it looks like i just came up to visit the fam which was rad you know like i'm pretty <laughs> other than having to work off this fucking laptop which is super old at this point and hey man whatever it's cool i, I can still do these things when i'm traveling which is rad and yeah, I get to spend time with my grand. I gave her a book, another book by Arundhati Roy, The Ministry of Uttermost Happiness. Because when I was reading uh, The God of Small Things, we were living together and she read it after me and she really loved it. So when I saw The Ministry of Uttermost Happiness at, where was it, the Botanic Gardens, I picked it up from those Dennis Hurley uh, shelter sellers. So if you ever check those guys, they're really rad. They're very much well worth supporting. And yeah, she's really been digging the book. She's been loving that. So that's cool. Stoked to go to do that. And yeah, just spending time with the fam. I might go do some open mic gigs uh, early next week somewhere in Joburg. I'm not too sure yet because I am performing at Dropkick Murphy's on Wednesday the 28th. And I'm actually pretty excited about that. It's with Jem Atkins and Mangaliso Plongo. So that is a strong fucking lineup. And you're going to have a good time. You can find the details to that on my social media somewhere. Cool, that's it. That's all I think I need to tell you. So it's time to give the shout out to the titular titles tier over patreon.com forward slash almost perfect. Now this is a tier, it's a $10 tier and it's the top tier over patreon.com forward slash almost perfect. So shout out to Rousseau, who is the subtle clerk of subtle, no, not the subtle clerk, the storage clerk of subtle heresies in the Lesser Overberg region. Russell Grant, the Far East correspondent. Neil Green, our key grip. Kron Slemon, the almost perfect hedge fund manager. Kachandra Nadu, the spiritual advisor. Riz Ventura, our director of purchasing. Julian, our king. Karan Chetty, the assistant to the regional manager. Kath Jenkin, the Neville ruler of the universe and Queen Swifty, who must be pretty happy today. Uh, shout outs to our executive producer, Stephen Olafir, our benefactor who be anonymous to you for listening all the way through to the end. And a big thank you to Damien Ruitz for the bad music and the banging intro that you hear each and every single week. With all that said, uh, I will catch you on the flip side.